It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, and along with my executive show producer and co-host, Andrea Adams-Miller, we are the hosts of Leverage Masters. How are you today, Andrea? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm excited. We just had some beautiful days and some great business things going on, so I'm super excited about the guests that we're having today as well, and you? I am as well, so why don't you go ahead and tell everyone who we have with us today. Well, I'll pull back the curtain and reveal. Look who do we have. We have Carl Bryan. Carl Bryan, he is, i got to tell you, this guy is absolutely adorable. I'm telling you, I just love him. He is a really good friend. I've known him for a long time. I've had the pleasure of uh, traveling around the world with him, actually, uh, both in, in uh, uh, business fun mastermind trips and cruises around the world. And he is really talented at what he does with people. See, he was sponsored at the age of 21 by the president of Small Business Australia to consult strategic sales and marketing, okay, at 21 years old. And then he franchised his own business coaching, uh, it's a business coaching company, and he did that when he was 33 years old. And then now he builds a profit acceleration software and online lead generation tools for business coaches. I'm talking absolutely unbelievable, undeniable stuff that people need in their lives. And he's looking to really, for those clients that are looking to get started or take it up a notch and really want to do things the right way and monetize them fabulously, he's got business coaches in 24 countries and over 700 of them that have licensed his online tools for small business that have a whole lead generation system. Amazing. And the thing that I really love best about him is that he's one of those understated guys and he doesn't pound around his chest and act like, oh, look at me, I'm so fabulous, I'm so wonderful in business and absolutely handsome and cute and all of that and fun too. But what he is is he's a really genuine guy. I mean, I love him that you just get to know him. He's really brilliant at what he's doing. He talks to you like you're a real person, and he really has a heart and passion to help you and your business and to get it started. And he walks his talk. And without further ado, I want you guys to meet 
my absolutely sweet friend, Carl Bryan. Hey, hey, hey. For you. <laughs> well, welcome. Oh, wow. Oh, I can't believe they're all standing so quickly. This is incredible. Well done. I know. Well done, Millions of people all around the world just on their feet. <laughs> now, thank you for having me, guys. I'm really excited, and thank you so much. And I really sincerely appreciate the incredibly kind and, quite frankly, over-exaggerated introduction. But thank you. Hopefully, I won't disappoint everyone. Well, I am certainly looking forward to hearing more about <clears throat> how you serve people. So let's start there. Okay, so business, my thing is business coaches, right? So I've built online tools. I, I built a really successful business coaching company. We did five and like basically did 400 grand a month, a $5.5 million coaching company. Once again, I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like, oh, you know, I know it all and, you know, have worked it all out because most certainly not the case. But really what I've done is I've built the tools that I wish I would have had when I was rip around doing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in serving small business owners and basically coaching. I obviously had a team of coaches and all the tools that we would have had um, when we were ripping around doing, you know, traditional business coaching. Awesome. Yeah. So, Andrea, I'm going to let you jump in. Oh, sure. Well, so then I'm curious. So, all right, you you start doing all this searching. You really are getting helping, you know, getting started. You're doing all this amazing stuff. And then, you know, well, I I actually want to go back for a second, though. All right, so here you were at 21 doing all of this stuff. And then now it's, you know, first of all, you didn't say how old you are now. So you said 33 last. So you could be only 34. (laughs) It could be. However, the gray hairs on my head dictate a very different story. Pretty sure the fact that I I need an afternoon nap. But, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and you have so many people yeah. that you've worked with and helped to change their lives. So I did kind of want to allude to, like, you know, what was the business, you know, biggest mistakes that you see business owners making. But before we even get there, you know, like, there's this gap between the 21 and 33 that I kind of <laughs> wanted you to take us back a little bit and fill in that. What was going on during that time? Okay. First of all, I'm just a make sure that there's no suspense here whatsoever. I'm 47 years old, so it's been a while, unfortunately, but it has been. Um, So (laughs) just look at the age of 21. Again, it sounds significantly more impressive than it is, but I just, I get introduced to the right guy. I was just the right time, right place. I was there, short little dude. And basically I got taken under the wing by the president of National Small Business Australia, just a young guy. I'm, I'm Canadian and I wanted to stay in Australia. Conveniently, I'd met a girl, right? So my entire life seems to evolve around, you know, different episodes of me meeting girls and running around. But anywho, so although I've been happily married, I shouldn't say that without, I'm incredibly happily married for over 10 years. But I was going to so say, you told me that you were. <laughs> yeah, but I was following, just I basically was following him around, you know, as a young guy. And quite frankly, I looked young as well. Um, but I was basically shining his shoes and carrying his briefcase around. But really what I was doing is I was kind of the, you know, behind the scenes typing everything out and whatnot. Um, so really I got introduced to a high-level business guy at a very young age that taught me an enormous amount about duplication, licensing, franchising. Um, so that, that's how I got started. I then kind of took a little bit of a hiatus because, again, I was, you know, a young man. And quite frankly, you know, I like my beer and I like to have a good time, et cetera. So I took a little bit of a hiatus. I, I went and played and coached and basically did hockey for 10 years. 
I'm actually stone a hockey rink. So that was a little bit of a uh, passion, a lot of fun. Um, and then, again, I remember distinctly, just a very, very early 30s, I heard the words business and coaching in the same sentence. And dead set from that moment, I still remember it. I have not done anything. I haven't done anything since. You know, basically that word was, you know, those words were uttered in the same sentence to me. So I went home, and this is dial-up internet days, by the way. And I'm ripping around the internet and trying to find as much information as I possibly could about it. And I, you know, took it from there. And this was the the genesis and the beginning of building a five and a half million dollar coaching company where we used to do 400 grand a month. Well, I love that. Um, Gina, uh, she does a lot of consulting as well. And so I can imagine for you, Gina, that you you might have another question about uh, from Carl before we have him continue on. Did you want to share? Consulting, coaching, mentoring, pretty much the whole gamut. So what is the biggest piece of advice that you could give to a coach? Because most of my listeners, at least, are likely to be coaches. Yeah. The biggest piece of advice, okay, I would riff into, so this is the mistakes that I see business coaches making without question is that they don't know where they want to go, right? Like I'll talk to a business mm. coach once a day, and they will tell me, Carl, I want to make a million dollars, right? This is, you know, I want to hit seven figures. And then I will riff, I'll say, okay, well, what would that, you know, I said, what would that be per month? And I get dead silence and you know, I mean, I'm either standing face to face and I get a blank stare. I get dead silence. And I'm like, if you don't know that it's $183,333.33 per month to hit a million dollars, there's, you know, there's not a lot that I know, but I know that you've got absolutely Buckley's chance of achieving it. So, and there's an old Uber metaphor that I use constantly, like Uber, like, I don't know what is that, a $100 billion company, plus, 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 whatever it is, some insane number that quite frankly is just monstrous. That entire company was built with two questions. Where are you? Where do you want to go? And I personally believe the power of that is just incredible. And I would say that coaches don't have a clue where they're at, and they most certainly do not know where they want to go, hence my you know, 183 grand a month. So I would say um, that. Um, another bit of advice I think that I would give a business coach um, is that they need, they think that they're instinctively they go to lead gen, lead gen. Like I drive a lot of traffic on the internet, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera. And a lot of my marketing will say, you know, if you're looking for business coaching clients or, you know, if you're looking at the secret sauce on how to generate leads as a small business coach, I've got your solution. Well, the reality is, and by the way, we advertise that because that's my best click-through rate, and these are the ads that work the best. Nice. The reality is that they don't really need to generate. As a business coach, you could take fifth coaching clients on, and you're basically dead and dusted. You know, this is all you can handle. So what you really need to learn how to do is to help your clients, right? So what I would go into, rather than going into lead generation mode, I would go into training and really, in, in fact, training around business models. An example that I like to give is that when you meet a business owner, okay, so this is the business coach's client that is ultimately going to pay him or her and ideally, you know, recurring for a number of months, what's the business model that the client is following, right? And I normally mm. find the metaphor that I'll give 
is if the business owner is selling dogs, okay, so real simple, you know, you got a Great Dane and it's, you know, three, four, five grand, and then you got a little, you know, Pomeranian, you know, ripping around, and that's going to be 500. Does it, let's just say you've got a dog and it's going to be one to $2,000. In actual fact, like the business of dog food is the business that you want to be in. Like give the dog away for free in order for them to buy the dog food for X amount of months, for X amount of years. Like if you were my client and I was selling you dog food and your dog died, I would show up the next day with a dog free of charge in my arms and in a perfect world, it would be a very, it would be the Great Dane, the Rottweiler. It would be a monster dog, right? Or another example is, do you want to, um, do you want to build swimming pools or do you want to service pools and sell chemicals? And if you open up the yellow pages, you go to the internet and visit some websites, you go to the chamber of commerce, you look at an online directory, you will see 10 times as many companies selling swimming pools as you will selling chemicals. And if you speak to the guy who builds the swimming pools, he will tell you, look, I get it. And I know these guys buy chemicals all the time, but look, I don't want to be in the business of dispatch and I don't want to have to hire a secretary and I don't want all the phone calls and that sort of stuff, which is fine. And for an individual, that might be the right decision. But what I'd like to do is be able to educate him on the fact that he has got no chance of building a business, building swimming pools, right? Like he owns a promotion. He doesn't own a business. And by the way, he thinks that he owns a business. This is a sad bit. Like you're never going to sell the business where you sell dogs. You will be able to sell the business where you sell dog food, right? So, so understanding right. business models is something that I would send a business coach to versus thinking that they're all about finding a way to fill their live events or generate leads. Well, and I hope our listeners really understand the why behind the advice that you just shared because it, it is crucial to the overall success of a business that you understand what Carl just shared. Why would the swimming pool business not be a great business to be in and the chemical business be in a much better business to be in, Carl, just in case there's anybody who's going, I don't get it. Yep. So, well, okay, I would just look at one is a promotion and then one is a business. In fact, Okay, so let's take it one step further. So I would encourage that same business coach. Um, again, this is going to sound platitudinal, right? And like it's out of a textbook, but they've got to think long term. Okay, in fact, if if a business coach is listening, this is something. If I if you if you're going to pay attention to anything, okay, grab your pen and write this down, and sink it into your mind. Write it into your phone. Wake up at six a.m. every day with this is your message. Compounding. We've all heard of like if you meet somebody and you say, hey you know what compound interest is? Of course, they're going to say yes, right? If they're over the age of, they're going to say they do. My experience in reality is that they think they know what compounding is, but they don't have a stinking clue. And if they did have a clue, right, they would understand that um, Albert Einstein called it the seventh or the eighth wonder of the world, and it's something they should get to know intimately. So let me give you an example of how that could work for a business coach. Um, Okay, so I, I've got a, I've filled over 400 local live events, right? So like you know, putting business owners in a room, and then you get up there and do your thing, and then there's a certain percentage of them that will write you a check, hand you a credit card, and buy coaching. So I will show a business coach how to do it, and then they will go, and then they will do an event, and they will have minimal success, moderate success, or plenty of success. It almost seems to be irrelevant. They won't do the next event, and if they do. 
for some reason, it's like two months away, it's three months, in some cases it's six months. And here is the magic. Um, when I do a local live event, in fairness, I've done lots of them, and I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm the greatest, I'm most definitely not Tony Robbins, and I'm not some great speaker, but what I do do is when I show up, I deliver at the highest, highest level, and one of the ways I do that is I walk in the room with an intent, a very clear intent, and for me personally, it's that I want to get two referrals per person in the room, right? And if I do that, the money will come. So I don't go there for money. I go there with the intent for referrals, right? So let's just, again, really simple math. I put 10 decision makers, 10 people in the room. Well, do the math. If I get two referrals per person, I've now, when I do my second event, which should be in at least like in a month on the outside, ideally, let's say every um, two weeks, I used to do three a day, multiple times per week. But let's just say it's wow. a one-man show or one-gal show. She does an event. In two weeks, she now has 30 people or he has 30 people to follow up because the 20 referrals and the 10 attendees, right? And now yes. I do my second event. Now I go to my third. I've now got 60 people to follow up. If I just get two people in the room for my next event, I've only got to fill eight chairs if my goal is to get 10 decision makers, which is a great number for a business coach because their follow-up, if they put 25 or 50, their follow-up will suck and they'll be smoking leads, which is a terrible decision as a business coach, right? So then my next event, I've got 90. If I put three people in the room, now I've got to get seven. At my next event, I've got 120. If I get four people, I've only got to fix, you know, put six chairs. Um, and then 150 and 180 and on and on it goes. You just keep adding 30. But that long-term perspective and just understanding that they're not in business for three weeks. They're in business for three years, you know, to be in that bigger picture. And your client needs to be the same, right, where you're not in business for a short period of time. You're in business for a long period of time, and they have to take that, that longer view. Once again, I understand that sounds platitudinal and straightforward. My experience is it just – it just doesn't happen. So, so the compounding is something that I would hammer home at a very, very high level. And this is why we are on Leverage Masters. Compounding is what leverage is all about. It's just one example, a very powerful example, of one of the most important ways of getting more leverage in your business, isn't it, Carl? I, there's no question. Again, just, you think of leverage, and I think of doing something once and getting paid forever right so you can yeah. write a book once you get to sell it forever so yes i on the same page most certainly that's well, awesome i'm really glad that you gave the examples that you did as well um you know like for example you know to uh so we have an in-ground swimming pool and uh you know we even when we switch from chlorine to salt there's so many other things that we spend money on every year uh, with yep. with the pool and you know and the one guy I mean like they built the pool once and it, 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 the pool's been in ground for uh, it's like 35 years and we just and the structure is really good so we had a really good initial person but that person never made any more money out of us the person who nickel and dimes us is you know got getting from all the you know <laughs> everything else that we need yeah. that makes us comfortable and makes us happy about the pool. And so I I totally get that, and it, and it's it's not a 
it it doesn't it's more of that drip drip giggle you don't want to drip drip when you have a pool but <laughs> you often do and then you really need the chemicals uh, but in thinking that model of you know pulling people in and then having a system then you're recreating them to come back again and again and again which leads me to you know one of the things that I love best about you Carl is you know people are always bragging about you it's not you that's bragging about you. It's other people brag about you and what you bring to the table as far as your resources and your online tools and the programs and the software that you have. And so if we're going to talk about that uh, long-term play, it's all these tools that you have that allow people to engage really long-term with your clients. So it's not only your clients that are engaging long-term with you, but it's their clients who are engaging long-term with them. So you're creating really great opportunities at multiple levels. So I'd really like you to share, because I mean, frankly, you're always coming up with something new. I honestly don't have the list, you know, memorized. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? What are you talking about? Come on. I know, I know. I, I yeah. failed the test today. I'll work on it again this week. <laughs> okay, well done. Okay, so... Andre, you want me to riff into just kind of some of the tools, like, and again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about tools. What I want to talk about is the benefits and why that, like, how they would work. Is that kind of what you want? And how? Well, right, because you know, we're ta if we're talking about why somebody would want to sell the chemicals rather than the pool, let's yeah, really okay. share to them why that is and how that would look and how that what seemingly seems like smaller price items per month, how that ends up capitalizing to something bigger over time. Yeah. Okay. So here's, okay. So let's just say hypothetically you're a business coach. Here's my pitch. Hi, my name's Carl. I'm a business coach. Basically I can sit with any small business owner and find you a hundred thousand dollars in 45 minutes without you spending an extra dollar on marketing or advertising. Right? So if you, if you're a business coach and you want to get, you know, speaking engagements, you want to get somebody on the phone, you need to have what I call a hook. Right, just a really powerful. You can kind of think of it as an up and you sell. It's somebody. It, it's it's a tool to make somebody stupidly curious, right? So, like when I started traditional internet marketing and I was putting in hundreds of people onto my my membership sites, uh, my first hook was how I earned 187 how I earned 187 thousand dollars in my first nine months online as a coach. Right? And then so we did you know like a product launch type setup, you know, lots of affiliates, etc put a few hundred people in a, uh, a membership site paying $100 a month, right? And then I did a follow-up to that, which was um, how I generated 250 hot new coaching leads in 90 days using Google, okay? So I give you those two. I would imagine if you're a business coach listening or a coach listening, you'd probably go, wow, I'd ha like to have a look at that program, or I'd like to think you would. Well, if that's correct and you're curious, yeah. my hook worked, okay? So... Therefore, Absolutely. if you are a business coach, um, you are trying to do the same thing with the small business owner. So again, what I've done is I've templated that pitch. You can find anybody $100,000 in 45 minutes without them spending an extra dollar on marketing or advertising. So my business coaches are ripping around. Like you mentioned, you know, we're all around the world. They're doing that. Well, you could do it on a napkin. You could do it on a blank piece of paper. And I'll train everybody on how to do that. You could do it on a spreadsheet. The low level of format, the lower level of formality of it, let's say, 
um, you know, it, it didn't bring across, you know, we lost a little bit of the, um, the impact that it really should have had. So I therefore went to the drawing board and built software um, that basically does it for the business coach and then spits out a roadmap, right? So a, if you t- the average business coach will tell you all the time, oh, it's so frustrating. I work so hard. I get in front of these folks. Like I go to BNI and I go to the chamber and I go to the events and I make phone calls and I meet folks and I get referrals and they never have any stinking money. Well, imagine if I could wave a magic wand and I could legitimately create a scenario where you could you know, create your coaching fees with that client very straightforward. And I had software that basically spit out a roadmap on how to do it. So that's effectively the tool um, that I created. Um, so now you say, okay, so how would like, you know, profit acceleration, like how would that work if I broke it down? And by the way, this would be the closest thing that I can personally come up with. Um, that would be a secret to the entire, you know, the closest thing that I know to magic or a secret in business coaching. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's say we go to a client and they own a hair salon. It's a nice templated, simple um, example. And we sit down with them, we ask them, okay, how much money did you make last year? And we work out very quickly. They made $100,000 of profit, okay? And then they ask their margins. By the way, when I ask their margins, instinctively, they'd spit out a number like 50, 60%, which quite frankly tells you they don't know what the hell they're talking about because there's nowhere near that. Really, if we break it down, we're going to find that it's about 20%, right? So Jane Doe owns a hair salon. We all meet her. The three of us are a business coaching team. And our client made a hundred grand profit and they have 20% margins. So what most people go into is they go into, you know, building funnels is the latest and greatest nowadays. They go into, you know, cutting more hair and hiring more staff and raising their prices and creating more value and bonuses and whatever else we drift into. Well, the first thing that I do is I sit down with them and I get them to bring their credit card statements, both this is a small business. So I want to see your personal credit card statements and your business credit card statements for the last 90 days. Experience tells me with an insane amount of predictability, like 90%, that you haven't looked at your expenses for at least 12 months, in many cases three years, with what we'll call a critical eye, right? Like you've still got the magazine subscription coming and you've moved and you don't even get the damn magazine and you're still paying for it, right? Like this kind of rubbish. All over the place. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the, people do so that. The first thing I, I got to stop you really quick to give you a compliment. Uh, you really are the first person that I've ever sh- heard do that because so many times people look at their business expenses and their business only. And the yep. fact is that people are doing stuff still that they started doing from their personal credit and, and, and never stop. People don't look at that. Like we, we don't, people do mix their business with their personal still all the 100%. time. So the fact that you're actually delineating that and saying, we're going to look at this and make sure you don't is huge. Yep. I, I'm very impressed. Other than me, I've never heard of anybody else who does that. So I'm pretty blown away myself. Yep. Well, look at you, Gina. You're pretty fabulous as well. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, okay, but, and watch this, okay? So what do we say? So they made, and by the way, thank you very much. I super appreciate that. So, when it came, so let's just make sure, because remember, we just signed up this coaching client. They got no friggin' money. They can't afford to pay us. I want to create this capital, right? I want the creation of capital, right? Um, get into that. as like franchising 101. It's like I can photocopy paper and turn them into money, right? So... Here's what I'm going to do. 
they made a hundred grand last year. They got twenty percent margins. We sit down with their credit card statements. Whatever it takes, and I don't care what that is. It's whatever it takes in the first sixty days. I can normally do it in two weeks, by the way. But the next first sixty days, we as a team, we said, right, are going to go to these guys and we're going to find any way possible to increase their margins from twenty to thirty percent. Okay. Um, and I put, you know, the expenses. Another good example is if I walk into that hair salon, I could almost guarantee, first of all, there's going to be a pretty girl standing at the front, right? This is just token. And then immediately behind her, there'll be some retail products. There's normally about six different labels of products, right? So shampoo, conditioner, gel, wax. I don't know. I'm not a hair guy, right? But whatever they're selling in this retail space, if there are six labels, delivery, there's six invoices, there's six phone calls, there's six relationships that need to be managed. They only made a hundred grand. This is stupidity, right? So we go, guys, what is the best one? Okay, boom, guess what? The other five are going, and I know they're your best buddies and all that. We know they're making business decisions, not personal decisions, which by the way they battle with. And we are gonna pick one. We're gonna show something called loyalty that nobody ever does. And we're gonna tell the person that we're doing that. As soon as you do that, you start getting all these freebies and you get all these bonus products. Plus, when they deliver it, um, instead of taking 60, 90 days to pay, what we're going to do is we're going to pay up front, provided they're going to offer us a discount. If they don't offer us a discount up front, we're going to take as long as possible to pay. Whole another conversation. But if they do offer us an upfront fee, we normally get about a 6% discount cash on um, delivery, right? So. What we're going to do is we're going to get their margins from 20 to 30%, okay? Unfortunately, I've got grade 8 math, okay? On the surface, that looks like a 10% increase, right? I took them from 20, or we took them from 20 to 30. They made 100 grand. Let's say that at business coaches, we're like low-end business coaches, but hey, we're having a good living. We, make a, we charge $1,000 a month. That's 12 grand a year as a team. Well, 10%, a hundred grand on the surface. That looks like we just made them $10,000 and we haven't made a sale. We haven't hired anybody. We haven't cut anybody's hair. We didn't have a VIP or a, you know, a, a wine and cheese party like we should do. None of that. All we've done is looked at our expenses. Well, guess what? They were making it. So do you guys get it? That looks like it's 10%. I'm guessing everybody would agree, right? Well, 10% yeah, would be 10 grand outside. and we're only 12 grand for the entire year. But that's not what happens. This is why businesses fail, because they don't understand the math properly. When you go from 20 to 30%, that's actually a 50% increase. Because 20 to like a 10% would be 20 to 22. A 20% increase would be 20 to 24. 30 would be 20 to 26, um, you know, et cetera. So 20 to 30 is a 50% increase. How much were they making a minute ago? A hundred grand? They're now making $150,000, and we're weeks into this relationship. Boom. Right? And so, and by the way, I can give you a bunch of other examples like that. Like, do you want fries with that? Which I know everybody knows it, but nobody's doing it. And then the question is why? And quite frankly, they don't have the printout. Um, they don't have the printout of, you know, what uh, my, my software, you know, basically deploys. Because what happens mm -hmm. is it spits out all these numbers so they can see it. Because if you want to see somebody run their credit card statements and start cutting out magazine subscriptions, show them the $50,000 on paper, and they start getting the, you know, the wobblies. They can't start. So did that make sense? That's nice. kind of like a tool that I would provide. 
and kind of like the magic that it delivers. You guys follow that? Did I explain that properly? Yeah, I'm good. How about you, Gina? Very good. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you did mention that with the margins because I do hear that discussion frequently where people ask about it, and they either they either well most of the time I would say in the groups and stuff that I go and even with people who are doing well in business, they they're really not clear of what they are and they're more of a guess. They they don't have them, and and the only it seems like the time that I know that people learn their margins the most is when they're actually thinking about selling, and then they're often yeah. like in shock because they're not where they wanted them to be. Yeah. So I, so now Agreed. I can see. I mean, you're great for startup. You're great for people who are niching and going along. But then part of me is thinking, oh, my gosh, you would be so fabulous for people who've actually been in business for a while. But, you know, they're not if, – I mean, if they want to really take their business to a different level where they can sell it and do something else if they're bored or they want to retire or move on or just have passive income, you know, pulling you in to figure out what those actual actual uh, margins are just at that point alone would do great for them with their business. Yeah. Agreed. Pretty amazing. Agreed, ladies. So then, all right, so let's go to that next step then where, you know, we're talking, all right, so now we've, you know, let's say they were, they're working with you, they're super excited, they got this started, they, I mean, you definitely made it like, you know, how many times do you want to give me, you know, um, like how many times do I want to give somebody 12000 to make fifty? Okay, well, let's do that over and over again. I mean, that, that's, yeah. you know, definitely an easy way to do that. that I mean, people aren't going to say no. So, um, so there's two things to that. What is, what is it that people – is it that they just aren't buying into themselves or they don't have that belief in themselves that they can follow directions and follow the coaching? Or is there something else? Um, well, okay, I would go into systemization is kind of the next, you know what I mean? Once you've worked out this, you've got started with the relationship. I mean, again, it sounds platitudinal, but it's just like losing weight. You know what I mean? Like losing weight is not exactly something overly complicated. You got to eat less, get up, and go for a walk. You know what I mean? Cut sugar out. It's a multi, multi billion dollar industry, and it's really the basics. So I would right. say that and about people can't do it. <laughs> this, this is correct. So, so systemization, like franchising, that's in my background for like licensing and franchising, right? So I'll meet a client with ridiculous consistency, and this is what they're looking to do, right? They want to expand. They're doing well. Um, they normally want to they want to franchise because they want to earn a lot of money, which is a horrific reason to franchise. It's a good way to end up in court. Um, the reason you franchise a business is you have one that's operating at a ridiculous like a you have a really profitable business. But here's the thing that people miss there is that franchising is about getting people started in business, right? So if you look at the most successful franchises in the world, the obvious one is like McDonald's. You could, like my daughter used to work at McDonald's, you know, like a 16 year old could walk in there and basically flip burgers or, you know, throw the fries down and bring them back up or, you know, stand at the, uh, the window. And of course you got to do, you want fries with that. Right. So and very important. If you're going to franchise, you need to have a low level talent um, industry or business. Like as an example, there will never be a successful franchise in the chiropractic space. Why? Because there's seven years of school in the way. There'll never be like I a see. successful dental practice 
in the franchise space. That doesn't mean that they can't franchise. They'll just never do it overly successfully. Okay, so you've got to choose industries where things like moving, things like fast food, lawn mowing, carpet cleaning, 7-Eleven, this type of stuff, that's the stuff that's going to be able to advertise or, or franchise and duplicate. And then a lot of the time, and again, folks miss this one, if I'm going to buy a franchise, like let's say Subway, what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to buy um, three territories in one area, if that makes sense. So like I'll have three Subway franchises, but I want them to be close enough that I could drive to and fro, right? So that way I could have one lot of staff, one lot of book work, one lot of inventory, and if one place is running out of lettuce, I could just drive it, you know, drive to location B and fire it over to location C, right? So super duper important, including when people want to expand their business. They don't need to franchise. They just want to expand. Well, they do it in, you know, New York, and then their second location is L.A., right? In my, most cases, I say you got to get your head examined, right, because you're just making like you're making it absolutely impossible, um, you know, for you to run the business unless you own your own jet. And even then you're not going to be able to get to and fro. Right. So, so franchising basically, and people ask me all the time, Carl, what's the difference between franchising and licensing, which frankly is a longer conversation than we'd be able to have here. But if you really think about it, a license, think of it as a process. You'd license a process and then you franchise a business, right? So like, if you buy a McDonald's franchise, there's absolutely no question exactly where all your, you know, your revenue, right? There's no like surprises or joint ventures or something outside the box that you would magically think of and add to your McDonald's unless you want to close it down, by the way, right? So, <laughs> so it's completely – so just think of a franchise as something that's literally boxed up and then a license is a process within the business that could be licensed out. Right. So you'd still be able to have other opportunities and take advantage of, you know, yeah, I guess other opportunities within your business, but you'd license a process and then you franchise a business. So again, if I were to kind of break it down simply, this is what I'd say. That help? Andrea, are you still with us? Oh. Looks like we lost her. Well, I, I'm back. Apparently, I was so flabbergasted and excited, you couldn't hear me. <laughs> so, you know, all right. So I'm thinking about how, you know, all right, so these, um, you know, people who are doing this and getting excited about the ideas and the stuff that they have that, um, and you and I have had this discussion before. So, like, I came up with some really fabulous ideas for things. And there were, you know, you very we're very awesome with saying, you know, hey, those are great ideas, and it doesn't mean throw them away, but there's other clear facts and figures and things that you need to have in place, and that's why your expertise really helps them with that. But what, And then once they do have a really great idea and it's able to um, be created with you to create that systemization, then tell me about the other things that come in play to help them with that system systemization uh, that helps bring them in. So like, um, you know, like membership and so forth as, as another piece. Yeah. And it, it might be referred to as a, as a different, uh, different way as well within different industries. And I wondered if you'd share that. Yeah. Um, so most certainly, most certainly, I think what we're talking about here is just a few, some of the opportunities in the future that I see, right? Um, 
if somebody was looking to hit a home run and some opportunities that I see, I would encourage them to write down two words, convenience, delivery. Uh, I believe those both are, those aren't million dollar words. Those are billion dollar words. Um, example, Amazon exists for two words, convenience and delivery, right? So you are going to see an enormous around, amount of industries uh, move towards delivery. You're seeing it now with Uber Eats, and I'm not sure, skip the dishes in the U.S. It's big in Canada. Basically, I want to order McDonald's, and then um, somebody else wants to order Dairy Queen, and then my daughter wants to have pizza, right? Well, we can order all three of them from three different locations, and Uber Eats bring them all and deliver them to our house, right? So, and once again, they don't own anything, right? It's like, Uber, they don't really own anything. Airbnb, they don't really earn anything. And these things are literally multi, multi-billion dollar businesses, right? So um, so if I had a coaching client, and let's say that um, they were a dry cleaner, I would immediately encourage them to go into the space of delivery because I can tell you in a couple years' time that it's going to happen anyways, okay? Um, I'd go as far as to say like 7-Eleven is one of the number one franchises in the world. I don't think they know it, but they are going to go out of business in the very near term, right? And why, why do you go to 7-Eleven? You go there to get bread and milk, right? Well, guess what? The same way that you now deliver a pizza so naturally, instinctively, without even thinking about it, you're going to press a button and think of drones and last mile delivery and all the sort of opportunities and Amazon spending billions and billions of dollars trying to nail this delivery down. But you are basically going to press the button. You're not going to need to phone anybody. You're going to press a button like you do on Uber, and basically the milk and the bread is going to be delivered to your house quicker than you could get to 7-Eleven and back to get it. Well, guess what? Going to 7-Eleven to get that, their business model has a huge problem. Until they, Unless they make some serious changes, they're going by the wayside. Again, you're dry cleaning. If my, again, I had a client that was a dry cleaner. I'd be putting them into delivery. If I had a client that did haircuts, Okay, we'll talk like a salon. Okay, so you guys will be different because you guys go to the salon, or at least lots of women do, and it's a bit of an experience, and it's a way to get away from the family, and you spend a couple of hours, and, you know, there's color and curl, and I don't even know what the heck, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit of an extravaganza for you guys, right? The men listening, I guess I guarantee it, it is the biggest, Mm -hmm. fattest pain in the butt for us to go get our haircuts. In the not-too-distant future, our haircuts will be delivered with 100% certainty. And in some cases, they'll come into our house, do it in the kitchen, and then clean up after and leave. More realistically, what I picture is think of a food truck, and they will have like a flashy trailer, and it's going to be like, you know, XYZ Barbershop, and they're even going to have the little swirly sign hanging off the side of the truck. And they, much like Uber, they're going to have an app. And then they're going to line up so four haircuts on my street. Okay, so I'm going to go in. My two, three neighbors are going to go in. They're going to have a beers possibly there, a glass of wine. I'm going to sit up. I'm going to get my haircut. I'm either going to rip back to the family because I got to get to work or I want to get back to it, or I'm going to sit there and have a beer with the boys while they take turns getting our haircuts. And then they're going to drive up, and we're going to overpay. To be clear, right? Like we're going to pay more than we do when we go to the existing barber shop. But the haircuts will getting delivered in the future, and I don't think this. I, I'm telling you, this is like with close to 100% certainty that I can. You know what I mean? This is 100% certainty. This is coming, and in so many other industries, especially 
stuff like McDonald's. In the not-too-distant future, there will be McDonald's locations that are underground that you won't even see. They will not have the big M. They won't say billion served. They won't have most certainly not the drive-through. And they actually, they may have the drive-through, but they will be doing delivery, and they won't even have chairs inside. Like that is coming thick and fast. So, and why? Just makes two sense. words: convenience and delivery. So, I would. These are so. I'm thinking about ideas that I want to systemize. I'm thinking of businesses that I want to franchise. I would not be doing that. Like car washes, same thing. They will be getting delivered. If you own a car wash and you've got large expenses and brick and mortar and whatnot. First of all, car ownership is diving in a deep dive and will continue to. So if I don't own the car, I can't get the car washed. And notwithstanding, they will be getting delivered at a higher level than they are now. Um, so this is an industry that I'd be selling my car wash in a jippity um, right now because I don't I, – I could be wrong, but I'd be amazed. I just don't think it's going to be worth a lot of money in the not-too-distant future because these are the types of things that will be delivered. So – yeah, you know, to be in the future, this is what I'd be. Um, these are some of the opportunities and some of the highway of the future for a, uh, a business coach and, very importantly, their clients. Well, and it makes perfect sense because when I, when I was alluding to memberships, I was thinking of like the things that we belong or want to be a part of. And so then it makes perfect sense. Then all of us are going to want to have apps or do whatever so that we can be a consistent consumer of those kinds yeah. of things that are convenient to our lives so that we can, you know, have more fun, have passive income, spend less time screwing around. You know, and actually I'm, I'm laughing because when you mentioned the whole idea about uh, a milk and bread, we always laugh because I live in Ohio. The, sec the first snowfall, there's like no more milk and bread at the store. And it makes me laugh because I said, who all of a sudden thinks, oh, it's cold outside. I think I'm going to have peanut butter and, and bread and have cold cereal. And I'm like, that's not like nobody eats that. And then it probably all rots in the refrigerator and the bread molds because nobody's eating it. And um, however, yeah. if somebody was driving around and <laughs> – and some kind of four-wheel drive delivering the milk and bread to everybody, uh, everybody would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Well, so there okay, you so, go. <laughs> but I would agree with that. So then what you start to think of, well, okay, where I feel like, so if I were to riff into, um, you know, you're, you're talking memberships and online, Uber is just a, you know, like it, it's really a subscription model. It, it's not like we're, you know, they're hitting us for a monthly fee to be there. Yeah, thank but you the for the, the day, better word for our, that. Yeah, it's a subscription yeah. So, model, yeah. And then it's like, okay, so, okay, what does it mean? Like, have you ever sat back, guys? At least I most certainly, again, I, I take this stuff, like it's quite possibly a curse, okay, the way my mind goes. But business models, like some people play tennis. And I like the golf, right? Like I like to study business models, right? Very feel sorry for me, but it is what it is. So like I sit there sometimes and I go face like, how do these guys have this multi, multi billion dollar valuations <laughs> or more to the point, let's go Uber, let's go Lyft, let's go Tinder, right? Like, again, these guys, they don't own anything for goodness sakes, right? And they get these multi, multi, like hundred billion dollar valuations. Like what's the magic? So correct. If you think about it, see Tinder. I've never been on Tinder. Again, folks, I'm incredibly happily married man, but never been on Tinder. But like, I know this, that the same place that you would go to look me, look for me for a date is the same place that I would go and put my face up there to be available for a date. That makes sense. So 
it's what I call a two-way channel. Okay, if I, not I do, like they Correct. do, like the industry calls it. But it's like a two-way channel, right? So you go to the same place um, to find a date and then put yourself out there for a date. Uber, the same place that I go to make a few bucks as an Uber driver is the same place that I go to hail an Uber, right? It's like it's a, once again, it's a two-way channel. Craigslist is the same. There's a bunch of different examples like that. Amazon, to a degree, a lesser degree, would be more eBay than Amazon. But at the end of the day, Amazon is, is also that. Because mm-hmm. um, that same place that yeah. I would go to build my store is the same place that I go and buy my books and my DVDs and my shoes and whatever else that I want to buy. For those listening, and like, again, the business coaches of the world that are, and the consultants that are looking to help their clients and their business owners, really just thinking about what would, you know, for this particular client, what would a two-way channel look like? And I really believe that, you know, there's some magic in there, but there's only magic, but there's, you know, valuations with Bs, not Ms, but Bs as in billions, when you really start to understand that at a high level. So two-way channels is a subscription, and like that's, that's just something that I really believe to be magic. And if I was a business coach, um, this is something that I'd be thinking about from early till late and what it might mean for my clients. Well, that's absolutely fabulous information. And I'm I'm actually uh, sad because we have already used up an hour. So and we have, I don't even feel like we've like even tapped into what we could even talk about yet. So we'll we'll probably just have to have you back on for okay stage two. What <laughs> we've got it started. We're thinking we're all excited. And what do we do now that we're we're doing it? And how do we you know um, um, make it bigger and better? You know and and keep in and keep moving on. So how do people reach you? And how do how do we know more about uh, getting our hands on you? Boy, that came out incorrectly. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, just my website, Carl Bryant, uh, multiple websites. I, I own 400 domain names, so I can spit a few out here, but I would just send them to carlbryan.com, and Carl is with a K, and Brian is B-R-Y-A-N. Uh, carlbryan.com would probably, um, that's going to find me, and then somebody can point you towards whatever you might be looking for um, by way of if you're a business coach and you want to get access to the software or you're a business owner and you want a little bit of help to franchise, I can point you to the right person, et cetera. So, yeah, carlbryan.com would be the place to go. Uh, this has been absolutely fabulous. I'm I'm very excited about that. And so uh, uh, I, now, now my mind is like clicking like crazy. I bet Gina, <laughs> yours is probably too with so many things that we can do. And Gina – because she is also a fabulous coach. I'm thinking, oh, Gina, let's get you franchised. <laughs> I don't know if I'm up for franchising, but it's a really good idea for a lot of coaches I know. Yeah, most definitely. And for their clients, really importantly. It's a, Absolutely. It's a great way to build a very long-term relationship with your client. In many cases, very far-fetched because, again, most people look to be, you know what I mean, they say they want to get franchised, but when you sit down, they don't have anywhere near the systemization and ultimate, you know, and also, you know, the wrong business model to be franchised, but it can be a great way to, keep, you know, build a kick-butt client, that's for sure. Now, um, before we do go, is there anything else that you haven't had the opportunity to share that you would feel just like you were doing a disservice to these you know, coaches and B2B people if you didn't get this information out? What would be next to share with them? Um, 
what would I say? I don't look. It's just it's not rocket science. It's again a metaphor I like to use often. It's just losing weight. It's a multi 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 billion dollar in a hundred billion dollar industry. And at the end of the day, think about it. Eat less. Go for a jog. Do you know what I mean? Like, hello, ding dong. If you can't go for a job because you got bad knees, buy yourself a rowing machine, right? If you can't do that, do something else. Buy a rebound. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but exercise, stop eating so much crap, right? And put, you know, the carbs, put them aside. So with that being said, it's not dissimilar with the business. And like, so what I would say, I guess maybe in closing is that there's 80, we all know 80, 20, but much like compounding, I think we think we know it but we don't know it. Like if you're not doing it, but I don't really think you know it, my opinion. So there's 80, 20 rules in, if you're listening and you're a business owner, there's 80, 20 rules for you. Mm-hmm. And Gina mentioned that there's lots of consultants and business coaches listening. So you, there's also with hundred percent certainty, 80, 20s with your client. Here's what we don't hear though. If you take a magnifying glass and you put it over the 20, what you're going to find is about one to 2% of the 20 derives the majority of the 80. So what I'm getting at is that 2% of their business drives about 70% of their revenue. But the problem is they don't have a stinking clue what that 2% is. And as a good consultant, as a good business coach, and again, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to be able to get there. So if you, when you're working with your client, if you really work your butt off and if doesn't, if you show up for one hour a week, because that's what you're contracted to. And then that's what your business coaching life, you know what I mean? Agreement says you're not going to get there. Right? You're not going to do this in an hour a week, not even thinking close. You got to do whatever it takes. But when you uncover this, this is how you'll keep your client for not weeks and not months, but literally years. Like I've had people pay me a thousand dollars a month for over 10 years, plus royalties and whatnot. Right. So, you know, bonuses constant every, every quarter. So I would encourage them to understand 80, 20, not get in their own way and not overcomplicate. And just my opinion is that's pretty cool that you could find 2% of their activity and know that it's driving 70% of their revenue so if you jack up the 2%, the financial windfall and the financial impact and just the impact generally you can have on their company just blow you away, literally blow you away. Fabulous information and fabulous advice. I'm really honored and uh, privileged to have you here with us, Carl. And um, I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, the people that are, you know, those of you who are listening that are going through these things and having troubles and so forth. I'd love to hear where you're at with that, you know, that you're stuck and would love to hear um, those of you who are investing with Carl and how you're succeeding because, you know, really hearing those stories, you know, one-on-one is really fun. And then if you're really super successful, we're happy to have you here on the Leverage Masters to find out how you're leveraging what you're doing (laughs) so that you can not only leverage your own business, but leverage the lives of the people that you are around in the world. It's been super exciting. I want to remind everyone, I'm Andrea Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. And I also am the executive director of the Keep Smiling Movement. And we have Gina Gaudio Graves, Gaudio Grace, excuse me, and she is the founder of Divisio, and we are the Leverage Masters, and if you're someone who would love to share what's going on in your world and find out more how 
we can share your message to let other people leverage their world to be better, we would love to hear from you. And we always welcome you to follow us uh, on Blog Talk Radio and to find us on all our social media pages. And we've been talking with Carl Bryan, carlbryan.com. That's Carl with a K, Bryan with a Y. And we thank you so much, Carl, for sharing everything that you do in the world to help people learn how to license and franchise their businesses so they can become very successful and do some really great things. And I challenge you all to start looking for uh, some two-way avenues out there. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I like it. Well, thank you so much, Carl. This has been uh, amazing. It it is not often that we get to talk leverage at this level on the show. So thank you so much for all that you've shared with our listeners. Oh, cool. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely my pleasure. And uh, yeah, have a great night there, folks. And I appreciate it. I'll be speaking to you guys hopefully again soon. And we'll be back same time, same place. (laughs) And we'll be back same time, same place next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.